Her name is Angel. She's unlike any high school student you've ever met. Are you having difficulty making friends? I'm on top of the honors list. There's more to life than getting straight A's. Her only friends are on the streets. Her only chance is on her own. You're young, attractive, healthy. You're swimming around in a toilet bowl. I was alone. Where's your mom, Angel? One day I came home from school and she was gone. Just that note, a hundred dollar bill. I just put on some sexy clothes and high heels and went out and made a living. Everything in life has a price on it, Angel. Somewhere down the line, you're gonna have to pay. It's my life. Angel, her two worlds are about to collide. Ah! Remind me never to get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Angel, it's her choice, her chance, and her life. Hi, this is Brandon Ford. And this is Tony the Tiger, a.k.a. the Thunder from Down Under. And welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm I'm excellent. I'm very happy to be here with you. I've got a big smile on my face. And, and how about you? Oh, I'm doing wonderfully. And as always, I'm happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. And we are doing one of my favorite cult classic exploitation films, 1984's Angel. A very good year. Yes, because it was the year A Nightmare on Elm Street came out. And the year I came out. I knew. I knew. <laughs> I was just giving you the business. Um, so yeah, we're doing Angel, and I'm sure you can find this one on YouTube. Um, we're uh, As a source, we're using the Blu-ray rips, so that's your best bet. What is the exact running time on this one? Oh, it is one hour, 32 minutes, and 53 seconds. Yeah, and as far as I know, there aren't any other versions of it. So, mm. before we get into the movie... I'm going to get the plugs out of the way. So, um, I would like to encourage you all to check out my books uh, in paperback and Kindle editions via Amazon.com and the Amazon app. Typing in Brandon Ford, you'll also also find my author page as well as a follow button to get notifications whenever I have a new release. You can check out my titles in audiobook format on audible.com as well as the audible app by typing in brandon ford you can follow me on 
Instagram at writer Brandon Ford on both Letterboxd and Twitter at Brandon Ford. You can follow Tony on Letterboxd at Tony underscore the underscore bear. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, please feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Lastly, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. So, Tony, what has been going on with you as of lately? Have you seen anything special? Well, uh, after watching uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, it encouraged me to watch Mulholland Drive again, which is a movie that I quite like and watch um, a couple of times every now and then. So that was that's always a good experience for me. It's one of my favourite movies. And where's the correlation? Um, I don't get it. It's got <laughs> one of the actresses, uh, Laura Haring, is in it. Or Laura Herring. Who did she play in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3? She played Jerry. Oh, the European girl. Yes. I did not, I didn't know, I didn't know she was in any other movies. Yeah. Okay. And that was good. So that, well, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. And uh, I, I'd recently watched a YouTube um, commentary by someone suggesting that it might be be about uh, symbolically about the casting couch and the whole Harvey Weinstein situation in um, Hollywood and just seeing it through that lens was interesting so mm. it's a movie you can you can create whatever vision you want for it so well it's a David Lynch movie isn't it mm. so you can kind of um do that with anything Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> and the other movie I watched was one called Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. which has been a long time since I've seen. But mm-hmm. again, a very a very Brian De Palma movie. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. I, rem- I remember that when it first came. I remember that coming out and being so heavily promoted on TV. I remember there were mm. ads constantly to the point where it was like jesus christ <laughs> it literally made me not see the movie yeah because it was like okay you're going to ruin my television experience i'm not gonna watch your movie Mm-mm. no i'm not well it sort of came out when australia first got pay tv and you know back in those days uh the showtime channel was just showing really <laughs> five movies on a loop it was that movie and like billy madison oh <laughs> you know <it> was... <laughs> okay then i would have watched snake eyes for sure the, there was that linda ha- linda hamilton movie where she has a multiple personality uh, and i think I jim belushi's in it or, yeah. i don't know that one yeah i can't even remember the name of it but that's all right and what have you what have you been watching lately uh well I revisited an erotic thriller from 1991 called Intimate Stranger. I actually wrote kind of a lengthy review for it on Mm. Letterboxd. Um, But it was something that I used to like. I hadn't seen in a while because I don't... It was never released here on DVD. And I didn't have a copy of it. And so... Yeah, I 
checked it out on YouTube and it does not hold up at all. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, That's the one with Deborah Harry, isn't it? It is. Did, yeah. Did you know that or did you read my review? <laughs> I read your review. Mm. Well, I, I skimmed your review. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, her her acting in that one leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was, she's not, not very good. Although I did, I, I, I like her as an actress. I liked her in Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. I thought she was really, really good, really funny in that. Okay. And I liked her in Hairspray, but in this one, I know I always loved Videodrome. That's one of my favorite David Cronenberg movies. Uh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't finish that one. Uh, I do remember her burning her nipple with a cigarette though yes I, that 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 is that is probably the only thing about that movie that i remember no i thought she pierced her nipple oh, i could be wrong but or or she burns her boob yeah she burns it with a cigarette yeah, yeah. yes um and last night uh while i was doing some promotion for the podcast i Revisited another movie that I hadn't seen in a very long time and found on YouTube, and that was The Witchboard, The Possession, which is a movie that we spoke of because you found Mm -hmm. the lead actor in it attractive for some reason. Well, I just... Well, okay. (laughs) You had the slick black hair and... uh... You like that ponytail look? It does it no, for you? No, no, I just rem- no. I remember no. He, he had like a face. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh God, I can't think of the English word for it. Uh, it was like a, a very a nicely shaped face. Yeah, right. chiseled features. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. But he was not good. Not a good actor, <laughs> and he wore his Canadian accent on his sleeve. Every other word was yeah, yeah. was sorry. Um, <laughs> what the, are you talking about? The movie itself was not good. The girl who played his wife—I don't even remember her name—but she was awful. Was she Britishy? No, like she had a slight accent. I don't oh, think okay. so. <laughs> it's been such a long time. I remember it was that movie and Kickboxer Four. I used to sort of. Um, have a spanked. Oh my god! <laughs> Over these very quick sex scenes that they had. Well, there was a scene that I forgot about in in Witchboard, where after he is uh, possessed by the sinister spirit, he tries to have a threesome with the wife and her girlfriend, which I thought was sleazy. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it doesn't hold up. It's not good. And no, no. I my favorite in the Witchboard trilogy is the second one. I think the first one, the first one I like, but it's kind of um, a little rough because it was the director's first movie. And yeah. I think it, the second one is a little is more polished, and I like Amy uh, Dolan's in it. Um, she's very pretty. I don't know what happened to her. Um, but other than that, I read 
Elvira's memoir. Ah, oh, lovely. Um, well, she comes out. She does, yeah. Yours cruelly, Elvira. And I got the audio book, obviously, which she reads. And mm. I've heard her in interviews many times over the years because I've been a long, long time fan of Elvira since I was very, very young, probably since the movie Mistress of the Dark came out. And so... I'd heard a lot of her stories and she has a lot of interesting ones. And I always wished that she would write a memoir. And, um, and not only was I interested in her stories about, um, uh, growing up before she became Elvira, but I was interested in post Elvira. But I was disappointed because the majority of the book is pre Elvira. About 60, 65% of it is all mm-hmm. stories leading up to Elvira. And I didn't know, I knew she was a showgirl, but I didn't know she was a topless showgirl in las vegas but apparently she's very free with her body yeah uh and one of her first movies that she did was an exploitation movie from the 70s called the working girls in which she plays a stripper named katya and she's a very brief scene okay she has a she has a she has a dance in which she's she's good she's a really good dancer you could tell in the movie that she was training and um, so it's not just like a standard striptease. It looks like she yeah. choreographed it prior. Um, and then she has a speaking role um, after. And that's it. She's in it not very much. But it's yeah. one of the first movies that she did. So I thought that she would talk about it. Especially since after she became Elvira, the movie was repackaged and titled Elvira Nude. Yeah, yeah. And there's a picture of her on the cover with a hand over her bust. But yeah, no, she didn't mention it. Um, As is the case when we were doing the commentary for Skinner, when I said whenever there's an actor who does a movie um, before (laughs) they're famous and they write a book, they never talk about it. Just like Tracy Lords didn't talk about Skinner in her book or Ricky Lake didn't talk about it in her book. Um. But yeah, um, there were things that were only briefly touched upon that I thought could have went on a little longer that I was a little more interested in. There is literally an entire chapter um, about her hitting a pigeon. No, a pigeon flies into her car. A <laughs> Pigeon flies into her windshield and she felt because she, you know, she's a big animal rights activist. She's in PETA. And um, the pigeon, she got out of the car because she felt so sorry for it. And it was still alive. The wings were flopping. And she saw it had a big tumor on its head. And that's probably why it didn't see the windshield. And she was going to euthanize it by backing over it 
on with her car <laughs> and she couldn't do it. And so she'd heard that two of the most painless ways of dying are suffocation and freezing to death. So she brought the pigeon home, put it in a bag and then put it in the freezer and she gave it some time and then a little while later she heard a violent sound coming from her freezer and <laughs> she opened the freezer door and the pigeon got free of the bag and was flapping its wings wildly yeah yeah and so her husband then came home and she told him the story said i don't i don't know what to do and he's like all right just put it here on this stump and he went to get his axe and she's oh i can't watch this and as soon as he raised the axe she turned her head and he brought the axe down but she still heard the wings flopping and she went to look just as the pigeon got up and flew away and <laughs> on the stump were the pigeon's feet Oh, a uh, cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> that that was an, an entire chapter. And meanwhile, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, where are the Elvira stories? Um, uh, apparently, she butted heads a little bit with Richard O'Brien while making Haunted Hills. Oh, okay. Uh, just a little bit in the beginning because yeah. he didn't really get it. Um, he didn't really get the humor. Um, oh, that's surprising. But <laughs> but she said that after after a, a little while, they they really she got they got to know each other and they really liked each yeah. other. Um, yeah. Well, she's so, almost like a mix of Janet Weiss and Frankenfurter. Like she's got that ditziness about her. Yes. A character? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, she's supposed Anyway, to... you, you reminded me of a time when I was driving my bus and a, uh, a bird came in and hit me in the face. Oh. Because <laughs> it flew through the window. Oh, no. <laughs> and the magpie that stuck to your helmet. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah, by helmet, I mean on your bicycle helmet <laughs> on your head. Yeah, it was going for the worm. It was. Um, <sighs> Go ahead. Although, uh, when you were saying suffocation, I thought you were going to say she was going to put the uh, pigeon in her muffler. <laughs> mm. That might have worked. Um, well, you can do that. Well, I've seen that done with feral cats. but Oh, well, that's. I guess that's better than drowning them. Well, they, like, uh, the feral cats are quite different than domestic cats. Yeah. Like, there's a big problem with them up north. And I think, like, their tails are almost like a meter, like, um, three foot long. Like, oh, no. Like, they've become quite wild. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> should, we, should we get on to the movie? <laughs> um, yes. I feel that there was something else that I want to say about the book, and now you've just completely. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, no, I did want to say something about the book. I no, but speaking of pigeons, I don't know if I ever told this story on the podcast before, but this is literally one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't I might have said this during one of the commentaries with you, actually. But 
I was in the car with my father once, um, who, unlike my mother, whenever my mother hates pigeons, she's just disgusting. (laughs) And if she would see them in the road, she would literally lean on the gas to run them over. Oh, Lord. (laughs) But my father was driving me somewhere, and there was a pigeon. We, as we got, uh, closer to the corner he started to slow down and because of the light and i could see that there was a pigeon you know how they walk with their head bobbing he was literally walking across the street and Mm. he stopped looked at our car to make sure that we were stopped and then he faced forward and just kept walking. It was like a person <laughs> crossing the street. It was so fucking funny. And I just started pissing myself laughing. And I was like, did you just see that? And of course he didn't. <laughs> um, but I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Um, okay. So, the Dustin Hoffman of pigeons. Yes. So we're going to get started with Angel. So if you want to watch along, um, please feel free to do so. And um, are we about ready on your end? I certainly am. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Is it the New World, the old New World logo right there? I didn't get any logo. It just goes straight onto the... um... Uh, like a panning shot of LA. Okay. Well, I don't know how that is because we're watching the exact same file. Mm. Oh, and it comes up now with New World Pictures and Adam's Apple film. This opening title music is so fucking sad. <laughs> it is it's really depressing. It is. It, it's like a really... um. Like based on a true story. <laughs> well, Donna Wilkes, who plays Angel, she there's an yes. interview with her on the Blu-ray, and she said that the character of Angel was based on a true story, but it was a lot more. It was a lot darker, and the girl got started. Um, started using heroin and eight and um her struggles were a lot worse than molly's but um there's also an interview with the co-writer and he didn't say anything about that so yeah yeah um you have headphones on sorry I heard it. I heard your movie in the background for a second there. Yeah, oh no. Like, I was trying to turn it down, but it went way up to 150%. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. No, I've never... I've never been there. But there's a scene in the movie when um, she's walking down the boulevard and she's doing kind of a hopscotch thing on the stars. And I always wanted to take note of which stars they were and i wanted to walk on them <laughs> you wanted to hopscotch on those no things. i just wanted to walk on them they seemed like fun just like, it was like kind of like the story i was telling you about frankenhooker when i went to new york 
Yeah. And I wanted to come out of the same subway station as she did. I think this this shot here is really sad because when because of her her monologue later when she's talking to the detective and she's saying that um she used to love going to school because she used to pretend that she's just like everybody else and you could see that's what mm. she's doing in that scene mm. um i don't understand the pigtails because she's supposed to be 15 <laughs> and they were never it was never explained to me yes but yeah i don't think anybody a girl over seven well it's it's almost like she's doing a drag version of a good girl mm. like it's it's really an exaggeration of what she's trying to be in high in, in school mm -hmm. yeah. i think she's really... whenever there's a school scene I, like like that i always try to take note of what like um book they're studying to see if there's any correlation but i don't think there is at all <laughs> No. I always felt bad for him because. Oh, you could, you could, I'm glad that we're up to the same point. Just by the way, I didn't want to. <laughs> you could tell he's special needs, and yeah, that he he likes her, and he doesn't he doesn't know how to talk to her. He is also in another cult exploitation film. Um, he's in Massacre at Central High. Okay. He's got no lips, though. Oh. <laughs> it was just it was dried up. Mm. I just want to give him some balm. Um, in the in the in the interview, Donna was saying that. And by the way, remember the character is supposed to be fifteen. And yeah. they, she was, when she was uh, cast in her contract, it said that there was going to be a nude scene, but they were going to use a body double because she didn't want to do it. Yeah. And they actually shot it, but it's not in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they were going to have a nude scene for a character who was supposed to be 15. Gotta love mm. the 80s. Um, Donna was actually 25 when yes. this was shot. And interestingly enough, since we did popcorn recently, much like Jill Sholin, she left acting in the early 90s to be a mom. Oh, yep, yep. She's daughter. And um, but she's made a has she made a few more recent? I think she might have because her daughter's probably her mid to late twenties now. But she's yeah. been she's been doing the convention circuit um, for about ten years now. Yeah, because there's a there's not only a lot of fans of Angel, but there's fans of Jaws two and <laughs> another movie. <laughs> That she was in with Linda Blair called Grotesque, which is awful. Does that doesn't involve uh, rockers it or like does. You know, death yes. metalists that attack? Oh, okay. I have yeah, seen that. yeah, it's so bad. 
God sucks with high heels. <laughs> mm. She was saying that she had to give um, Dick Sean help with walking in heels. Yeah. Speaking of Dick Sean's character, May, I never... I, I mean, I guess, but I was never sure if May was a prostitute or if she was just supposed to be like a maternal figure who was looking out for the girls. Well, I don't know. I, I, I actually didn't think that she was a prostitute. I never got that vibe. Um, although, watching the movie, I wondered if... If May had sort of been based on, um, I forget the character's name, but he was in the movie Victor Victoria and he played Julie Andrews' um, mentor because they had a similar look for me. Well, uh, Rory Calhoun's character here, Kit, he's he's definitely um, a paternal character who's looking out for them. Mm. So he's he's not hustling. He's, you know, just giving out autographs even though yeah. nobody knows who he is he's like the old time spider-man um you know photo people at times square mm, not as aggressive <laughs> but back in these days yes This guy does look like one of those perverts who gets off on little girls. He looks so mm. ugh. I didn't do anything. Now, for since I said that, um, there was um a long time where Donna was. You know, and by the way, she said too that she hung around a lot when she was acting with. She didn't give any names, but she she hung around a lot with children of celebrities when she was an actress, and she said they really didn't have their own identity. They just yeah, you know, they were just. Were the child of they were the child of such yeah. and, such. and yeah. they because of that they really didn't have any direction in life they really didn't want to do anything mm. and so they got into trouble with drugs and stuff like that and that was one of the main reasons why she stopped acting because she didn't want her daughter to have that kind of lifestyle yeah um but for a long time there was speculation as far as why she didn't come back for the sequel because they had um, Betsy Russell playing the Molly character who was yes. in cheerleader camp with Terry Weagle from Far From Home oh okay um, yeah. see all things connect here <laughs> but yeah so like a circle in a spot mm -hmm. so yeah betsy russell played her in in the sequel and um so people there was a, there was a lot of speculation as far as uh, why donna didn't want to do it and on the message boards you know people always 
go to the most obvious conclusion, which is that she wanted too much money. But oh. in the mid-aughts, Anchor Bay put out a three-disc DVD um, with Angel 1 through 3, and there was a little booklet in it. And there were some quotes from the producers, because a lot of the same people from this one worked on the second one. It's written yeah. and directed by the same same guys and some of the same actors are in it but it's a totally different movie you would never yeah, in a yeah. million years know that it's by the same people it's so fucking different but okay in the booklet it said that the molly character was intentionally recast because they wanted to show her as a completely different character because it had been five years and um, yeah. Molly is in college and she is she runs track and she's starting to be a lawyer. So yeah. they wanted, you know, they just wanted her to have a different look, so they chose a different... Yeah, they wanted to really show her change by changing the whole actress. Yes, but guess what? Well, that's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's not true. Because when Donna started making the convention circuit, of course, she was asked, how come you didn't do Avenging Angel? And the true story is that um, they wanted her to do it. She wanted to do it. But the thing was... It was going to be an eight-week shoot. This was a four-week shoot. Yeah. And they were going to give her the exact same salary for twice the work. Oh. Yeah. So she said no. That was less a case of wanting more money, but a case of no. It's not. It's not money, wanting basically. more money. Yeah. It's wanting to be paid fairly. Yeah, yeah. And that she was not going to be paid fairly. So. And it definitely benefit, benefited her in the end because, like I said, that movie's terrible. Mm. Well, apparently, <laughs> going off track here, apparently that was the same reason why there was never a sequel to The First Wives Club is because the actresses um, were going to get paid the same amount despite the success. Hmm. Well, you would think that the three of them would have been able to negotiate something mm. better. A better deal, but yeah. no, apparently. Because they were all quite established by the time the first Wild mm. Club came out. They did get together, though, again, right? For that Netflix show or whatever it was. Oh, that sounds familiar, but I can't remember. I don't know if it was... Very popular. I think that was Goldie Hawn's return after she did that other movie. Bang Assistance? No. Because oh, it's snatched. At, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. At, or maybe it was just um, a couple of them. Maybe they yeah. I don't know. I never watched it, but I thought that the three of them were in it and it was like a big deal. Or maybe I'm thinking of 9 to 5. 
I think I'm thinking oh, of nine to five. That might be what you think of. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just quickly look. on the, I think Yo-Yo is quite adorable. <laughs> He's in the second one. Oh, okay. Yes, I, yes, I saw that. He he is he is cute. Like, but like in a what's that button nose? <laughs> He's cute in like like a little boy kind of way. Not like I would want to fuck. <laughs> he just yeah. I I'm I'm assuming you feel the opposite. Oh no! Well, I wouldn't turn him down. <laughs> You notice he reminds me. Sorry, he reminds me a little bit of I forget his name now, but he was the uh, male singer from Pitch Perfect, uh, and he was Rebel Wilson's sort of nemesis. I've never seen those movies. Where are you talking about Adam uh, Devine? Uh, no, and he was in um, the Final Girls. Oh, I couldn't finish that. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't have seen him anyway. So. Yep, yep, yep. But do you know what she's do you know what she's wearing? Can you see what that is uh, that she's wearing? A rosary ring? No, her outfit, her whole uh, outfit. Do you see what that no, is? No, no. It's no. a like a triple XL sweatshirt that she made into a dress. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> she rolled up the sleeves, rolled up the bottom a little bit and put a belt on it and she's Calling it a dress. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's very 80s. Well, apparently the hoodie is based on a 5XL hoodie. John Deal playing the killer. Um, I like him a lot as an actor. Well, his continued working has done a lot of... <laughs> The only thing I notable for me was he was in Jurassic Park 3, but he's been in a lot of, like, single episodes of long-running TV shows. You never saw Foxfire? No, I don't think I have. Um, Angelina Jolie's in it. It's, like, before she blew up. It's, like, 96. It was, like, Gia. It was before Gia. Um, okay. It was based on a a book by Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, it was kind of a coming of age story about four four girls. Uh, Hetty Barres is in it, and Jenny Lewis. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, John Deal plays a teacher who's a bit of a, a bit of a creeper. Um. <laughs> Another interesting thing, too, about um, the, the shooting of this is they didn't have permits for a lot of <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, they didn't have permit. A lot of the stuff on Hollywood Boulevard, they didn't have permits for. Yeah. And so that's why they were running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the scene toward the end when she's going after after May dies and she's walking down the street with the gun she's yeah. really walking down the street with the gun and those reactions of the people on the street are real yeah yeah and I could not see what 
stars she was jumping. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember. I oh, know, like I couldn't really make out the um the names or anything. Yeah, so you get a bit, you get a brief um uh, glimpse. Well, not even a glimpse, but uh, insight into her father. Oh, I thought you were going to say you get you get to see a gl- glimpse of penis, <laughs> which to be laid up in. <laughs> Do you? I never noticed that, nor was I looking because. John Deal doesn't really do it for me. I thought you said you liked him. <laughs> I like him as an actor. Oh, okay. Um, no, but she was saying that uh, her father installed the, a lot of the stars on the Walk of Fame. And yes, that, yeah. uh, he would take her to the ceremonies and she would see, you know, the movie stars put their hands in the cement and shit. Yeah. Um, and you don't really get you get little um, dribs and drabs it's... about his motivation or his background. No, I, I I was trying to work it out. I really couldn't, and um, but I was just enjoying it as as a visual. Well, there's this a kind of. A, creepy scene where he is sucking the yolk out of an egg and he's looking at a picture on the wall and as as he's looking at it he like kind of starts shaking and he flattens the egg against his face i think that woman was his mother and i think his mother sexually abused him yep yep (laughs) was she in crybaby yes Yes. And that's when we when we were watching Far From Home, you asked me what would I know her from and I said Crybaby. <laughs> Did you know uh Dick Sean was in Made to Order? Yes, I love Made to Order. <laughs> yes, one of the best <laughs> movies of the eighties. Oh, I love that movie. It's so fun. It was a huge I always wished more for Ali Sheedy, but yeah. Um, again, everything comes full circle. Ali Sheedy auditioned for Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. That's Susan Terrell. Okay. And the role ended up going to Julia Duffy. Okay. Quick little thing about the sally character that susan terrell plays in the script she was a man oh okay and the writer um said why don't we just flip it not yeah. change anything no, I, think it, I think it works better as not change as the character yeah just make just make her a woman What are you laughing about? No, just looking at uh, Donna, she looks young, but also at the same time, I feel she looks old. Like she, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a strange old youth. 
Well, I think she looks older when she puts all the makeup on. She looks youthful when she's in school. Now, see, I think she looks 40. Oh. <laughs> as much as I love the cover or the poster art for this, and I think I think this movie has one of the best um, uh, promotional campaigns ever. I want to get. I need to get that poster. But <laughs> what was the tagline? Um, I think it's um, high school honor student by day. Um, mm. uh, Hollywood call Hollywood girl hooker by night. Yeah. yeah, and in that's. But it gets, and it's split in two of, to show her different personalities. But when you, the personality where she's dressed as a prostitute, she doesn't look like that at all in the movie. Yeah. Her, and her makeup to is totally like it, she different. She looked more bondage yeah. cover. Like Her makeup and her hair are totally different. Mm. And it's, but that cover is what reminded me of, I was telling you about in the, the first Wives Club, going back to that, there's... um. Uh, Goldie Horn is an actress in that, and it's got posters for all of her movies. And one of them is like a side by side picture. Yeah. Of her yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. a police woman and as a hooker, but and it's basically the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> this this was a creepy scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, he plays a creepy. He does creep you very well. Um, and the writer was not too happy with the switchblade as his weapon because he thought it was. What just, was it? He thought it was just. What was it originally? He wanted it to be Dundee's knife. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that big ass. But I, they didn't. They they said no. But I think the switchblade works because it's easier for him to conceal. Yeah. You can't fucking walk down the street with that giant knife. Well, it's sort of like symbolizing that you can hide your dangerous side mm. in your pocket. It's true. Yeah, it was like he was uh, breastfeeding on the egg. Oh, I never thought of it like that. That's a good point. She doesn't even go to this school. <laughs> the line is, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> and these guys. Yeah, oh, they God. look about 40. Oh, Especially yes. um, Rick. Ugh, I can't believe they were actually in a gang raper. Yeah. Awful. And that line, tough shit, bitch, we don't wear rubbers. Ugh. Yeah. Awful, awful. And I like it here where she zings them, but she does it in a subtle way way yeah. she doesn't she's not nasty about it she doesn't go all street on no them. she's classy yes she's an honor student 
Well, she kind of looks like a um an old school air hostess in how she dresses. Okay. <laughs> well, like with the old blazer and like. Yeah, well, they do make her look very conservative, and especially with those yes. um, shoes. I, forget, I always forget what they're called. But Mary they, Janes? They, no, they're not Mary Janes. No. Um, but they always. <laughs> my mother, oh, my mother knows what they're called. I forget. But I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they're not Mary Janes. But um, yeah. whenever I see those or think about those i always think of um the thriller video uh oh okay when he's when he says seriously we're out of gas and then it cuts to them walking down the road and you see that she's wearing them yeah Got some Danish cookies in the background. <laughs> are you are we hungry this morning? A little bit, yeah. Well, why didn't you have your breakfast? I thought you were eating. No, well, I've brought some food in, and I'll have it a bit later. She makes a face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's sad that so many people from this movie died. Susan Terrell died. Um, yes. Uh, Dick Sean died. Um, uh, Gorman, Cliff Corman died. Rory Calhoun died. Well, the uh, police detective already has a dead eye. Are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of that? <laughs> I always feel well, bad it's for him. It's, it's, it's not Columbo style, but... I always feel bad for him in this scene. This is yeah. so sad. And especially when he... The revelation of the top and it's all bloody. Hmm. See, this is what I'm talking about. I think he's cute because he's like he's like a little boy. Yeah. When you said bloody top, I mis- misunderstood what you were saying until I saw it. Um, was the murders based on any real life cases or anything? Probably. Um, I don't think directly, but yeah. Um, like with the original Molly. How you're saying she's sort of based on a real person. Well, the, the, Donna said it. The writer didn't. Well, the 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 inception of the movie um, was the director because um, the director co-wrote it. Um, yeah, and he and the other screenwriter. He, they got together and the director said, I just have this idea in my head about a girl walking down Hollywood Boulevard wearing spike heels and she's 15. What is her story? And yeah. they, they spitballed from there. And they um, came up with a, like a nine page 
treatment and yeah. the movie was sold in Japan before it was even written. So Okay. Then they got to work. Well, in saying that, she does sort of have a um an anime appeal. Mm, like anyhow. Yeah, I can see. I can I've see. I've sort that. of seen that type of I mm. I think that she she's part Hispanic. Though. Yes. Um because she does say that she speaks fluent Spanish and they did a um, a South American tour and she was able to communicate a lot okay. and stuff. You want to go to Tahiti? Hmm? That's what they're talking about, going to Tahiti. Are we not watching the oh, same movie? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, no, she was talking about a ba- damn pair. And then I was just distracted by the white pearls on the red dress. Oh, God. I was thinking, it's very like prom. Hmm. Oh, I just got a beret. Ugh, I know. That was terrible. She got nice boobs, though. Yeah. Her <laughs> natural. Why don't you take your clothes off? Back when boobs were natural. Mm-hmm. All right, you clean off the table. Well, because they were obviously unnatural when they were. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I remember the big boob cra- <laughs> fake boob craze in the nineties when it's like everybody Whenever there was like a topless scene in a movie, everybody, all, they were mm, all, all mm. fake. And they were always really round, especially if they were like 90s implants, because <laughs> 90s implants were really round and really far apart. Yes. And quite um, sagless. Like that would yeah. Yeah. Float up. Yeah. They just, they look like balls that were stuck to the chest. Mm. I remember um, Heather Locklear had Heather Locklear had implants like that, and there was a um, there was a picture of her in a in a dress that was kind of low cut, and you could see like the cleavage. It wasn't even cleavage; it was just two two round balls, and it didn't. It didn't mm. look good. Well, that was that was sort of if you remember Tori Spelling's wonky cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she well, she had she, they they she talked about that on her um True Tory um yeah show because she had implants for like twenty five years. You're not supposed to do that. Oh, okay. Are you supposed to get them out? Yeah, you're supposed to replace them like every nine to fourteen years or something like that because yeah. they get hard. And plus, her she was supposed to get them out. A lot sooner because her implants were recalled. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, her cleavage was was weird. I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that was. Well, I feel like you could see far too much breastplate, and one of the um, chest plates are, and one of the boobs seemed dented, just from memory. Like another. 
Well, it was like the it was like one stuck out more than the mm. other. They were kind of like uneven or something. I don't know, but I just remember noticing that right away in that movie. I, you said you didn't see Trick, right? No, no. Yeah, there's a scene where she has a she has a low cut top on and she's cleavage and I was like, yeah. what is wrong with your boobs? She should have done that movie, Mother May I See a Plastic Surgeon. Oh no. <laughs> I wish more of her TV movies were on DVD because I liked a lot of them as terrible as they were. Like co-ed call games. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's in one of my favorite movies called um, The House of Yes with um I know. We talked about Parker Posey. Before. Yeah. Mm. I think this <laughs> I think this was where the new team was supposed to be. I think yes. she was supposed to get undressed. Oh, so it's completely out. So, so to compare next to his nude scene. I guess. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what you see? Do you really see dick? I'm quite. I'm quite sure you see a bit of tip. Like, <laughs> All right. whatever turns you on. But you can, I remember, like, the way his feet are planted, like, he's really, and the way he twists, he's really trying to stay in position to not turn toward the camera to show more than... Yeah, but he's standing in a bucket. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's standing next to a bucket. No, he's standing in a bucket. I don't think so. How could yeah, you stand in a bucket? Thought, You'd be slipping all over the place. It's it's like no, it's not. A, it's it's like a barrel, but half cut. You mean he's taking a French horse bath? Is that what you're trying to say? No, because he's like uh, got the water in the barrel, and then he's scrubbing himself and letting the water fall back into the barrel. Mm. He's being very water conscious. Mm, mm. No, I just think he was in a shitty. <laughs> Building that didn't have a shower or a personal bathroom. <laughs> Maybe he was in the Cecil Hotel and didn't want to use their water. Maybe. Where's their pearls gone? You're always giggling to yourself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's and it's always these, um, at inappropriate dramatic, dramatic moments. moments. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep repeating, it's only a movie. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That she does or she doesn't? What? Stupid. Have a pimp. She doesn't. Yeah, but <laughs> not that I'm very street smart, but doesn't a pimp sort of offer protection? A pimp, um, yeah. a pimp sets up the tricks. Yeah, but he gives them protection. Sort of keep an eye on. Yeah. But 
he takes all the money. And that's like 80%. Yeah. No, I think he takes all of it. And in exchange, he gives them drugs so that they're dependent on him. Oh, okay. it's usually crack. They go into soap operas. You know what happens to used up cars? Yeah, no, you, you don't, don't want to pet. They <laughs> end up on hard shit or booze and spend half their time in the slammer. That's just where you're headed. You're living in a dream world, baby. What you need is a good swift kick on the butt. You think I'm proud of what I'm doing? I hate it. Such a fat old slob drooling <laughs> and slobbering all over me. I get so disgusted with myself, I just think I want to throw up. I really like her in the more dramatic scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like this scene where she's talking to him and she's saying that she slept with hundreds of men, but she'd never been with anybody who actually held her or yeah loved her or anyone she wanted to be with. That's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what it is with those scenes is her husky voice shows how old she actually is compared to her 14-year-old. Oh, you should hear it now. <laughs> she was clearly a heavy smoker, and she might still yeah. be. She doesn't sound at all like this anymore. I wonder, uh, what year do you know Taxi Driver came out? Ah, uh, like seventy four, seventy five. Was like Jodie Foster a child prostitute in that? Yeah, yeah. But I think she was like younger. She was like thir- twelve or thirteen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She was a child in it. So I guess the that was kind mother of mother and father thing. I guess that was kind of a thing, because then there was that movie Pretty Baby with Brooke Shields. Ah, okay. Oh, my God. then Drew Barrymore took the reins. One of my my favorite scenes is about to come up. Or moments in the movie. (laughs) Sweet little old kid. Never be able to walk the boulevard again, Angel. You can't force him to do that. You know, I don't even think Made to. Well, no, Made to Order is on DVD, but I didn't get a Blu-ray. And the and the DVD mm. is full screen, and there's no extras, nothing on it. You can't force. Him, yeah, yeah. Young lady, I have been I loved that movie since I was a little little kid when it first came out on video. <laughs> I was thinking that I wouldn't mind if they remade those type of movies, the ones that didn't do well but were a good story. I I use um if I'm feeling particularly cunty. Um, I use um uh, Jesse's line um when uh um stella 
uh, uh, leaves her and she says, you're on your own. And she walks away and Jesse goes, my heart is broken. I'll, oh. <laughs> I say that to people sometimes if they try to be, if they get nasty when they say like they're, you know, I uh, use one of the lines from one of the, um, one of her bosses and people thought I was being racist. So I don't use that line ever again. <laughs> There are moments that are definitely not PC. <laughs> oh no, it's not this scene. I was waiting for like the good scene that you're talking about. Like, no, it's the part this when... This is the scene. <laughs> Wait, no. Maybe it's the scene. Because I thought it was... No, I think it's here. Wait a minute. Oh, did he, he didn't quote Zsa Zsa Gabor, did he? What? Because he says, then the law sucks. Probably. But I thought she slapped the, do- the slapped the cop quite after this point. I thought it was the 90s she did it. I don't know. Wait, here comes. Here comes. Remind me never to get murdered. Oh my god. I always wondered if they put something in that boa because it really smacks the shit out of Kit. I mean like you could see the the his his droopy skin move. Oh, I was so terrible the way he died. Did you read that story on Wikipedia? Who? uh, Sean? Yeah. Uh, Dick Sean. How did he die? He died on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. He was doing a one-man show, um, and there was a bit in it. It wasn't going well. No. No. There was a bit in it where he was supposed to be playing... um, a politician trying to get um, uh, votes, and he said, "I promise you, I'll never lie down on the job." And right when he said that, he started having a heart attack. Oh! And he f- keeled over, and he fell upon the stage, and the audience started laughing because they thought that was the bit, but he was yeah. really dying. Oh. Something something similar happened to a comedian here where uh, I think Daft Punk was popular and the joke was that like they just play a tape and then that's the show. So what he did, he um, played a tape of comedy bits and then just ran off the stage but tripped and fell and people thought that that was part of the act. So he was there (laughs) unconscious on the floor. Oh, no. And they were just laughing because like the the tape kept playing like all the jokes. (laughs) I used to know somebody... So I never do that for a show. That's no. That's, that's the lesson here. I used to know somebody who was Australian, and they went to see Venga Boys. Remember them? Oh, I love them. I still do. <laughs> oh, God. But it was, I think this was when their first record came out, and um, their show ran short. It was only like 45 yeah. minutes. 
So they just redid the whole thing from <laughs> beginning to end, all, and they lip synced the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was told somewhere that they all that everyone in that band was born a man, but then I looked that up, and I don't think that's true. No, I don't think so. Do you remember the song that they did, um, "Going to Ibiza"? Yes. That used to be on the store I used to work at. Uh, we used to get a CD of music that would play in the store, and it would be it was it was like an MP3 CD, so it was like yep, yep. three hours long, and it would have like um, uh, little ads about promotions or whatever. Yeah, and um, that song. Oh, that's the that's the screenwriter right there. That guy oh, okay. who says, "I'm um, take your." boots all the thing and after he gets caught there was a scene that was shot where john deal's character goes and kills him he cuts his throat but they 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 cut it out of the movie because it wasn't necessary um well no i could i could be the only man that he killed i think yeah i think but um yeah so that song was on on the cd one month and every every single person in this who worked at the store, it was like so catchy that they were always walking around singing it. <laughs> but they thought the line was, "We're going to eat pizza." <laughs> How cute! <laughs> the Vinger Boys have a place in my heart because my the very first screenplay I wrote. Just as for fun, I killed off the first character to their song "Sha La 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 La," just because I thought that'd be the dumbest song to be um, killed off to. I would think "Boom Boom Boom Boom" would be the perfect well, song to be killed off to because you could get somebody shot. No, well, it was based on. I think I uh, it was based on not on a true story, of course, but like I, I was sort of just in the house alone and I was sort of singing to one of their songs and I think that was the song and I thought god I would hate to be killed right now <laughs> like, if somebody's seeing me mm. yeah that would be bad what if you dropped dead with that song like and you had it on repeat <laughs> and you were found like three weeks later with that song still With going. that song yeah. still going and your, <laughs> the flesh rotting off your face. A bit like that movie, um, Inception. If you ever saw that. <laughs> no, but I feel you brought it up before. No, no, no. Maybe I have. But, uh, <laughs> to wake up from a dream, they play, um, La Vie en Rose. Oh, yes. French so, like, standard. Thought, oh, to, to sort of come back to your um, consciousness that song could be playing I thought Madonna <laughs> did like that. waking up to your death Madonna did that quite well during the Rebel Heart oh e- exceptionally <laughs> is that sarcasm I detect no she did it well I still don't know if you're fucking with me did you watch the movie about um, Edith Piaf yes no Don't worry about it. We'll get 
shortly after the Rebel Heart Tour, she... Madonna always seems to come up during the commentary. But, um... <laughs> and this is a horror movie podcast. Um... So that makes sense. I'm just I'm a, I'm a huge That was low-hanging <laughs> fruit. And you just grabbed a bundle. She's in the league of her own. But... No, after, I think it was after the Rebel Heart Tour, she did, um, like, some appearances at some charity events, and she performed that with a a ukulele. Well, she did that, I thought, on the um, Tears of a Clown Tour as well, with the ukulele. I think so, yeah. Shirley Bessie did a version of that. Everybody no did song. a version of that. Belinda Carlisle <laughs> did a version of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did I a... I always remember a story about... Huh? She Sorry? did a, Belinda Carlisle did a record of a French standards called Voila. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my ex had a story about Shirley Bassey and that his ex was a limo driver who drove her around the city when she came. And she got him to take her to a video shop and she hired all of the movies that she was in. Ah. <laughs> See, I think, I think she looks old here because uh, she's dressed like a golden girl. Oh. Like, Dorothy could wear that. Well, this was the 80s, and to dress conservatively meant dressing. Black stockings. Yes. Yes, that's right. And shoulder pads. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has this detective died in real life? Yes. How did he? I don't know. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen um, um, The Boys in the Band? Uh, I watched the recent one, I reckon, with uh, Sheldon Cooper. Oh. Um, That's the one, wasn't it? I, well, I, the I don't know. Like, Bitching at each other. Yeah, it's like a play, but the original yeah. one was from like 1970, and he was he was one of the leads in it, and he's like really really effeminate, and it, you would never in a million years know that it was him. Okay, he's like a complete 180 from his character here, yeah. and it's not like a um. What's the word? Um, it's not like a, a parody of a gay character. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. No, so, I enjoyed the one that I saw. I'm not a fan of... I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Murphy's, but I did enjoy the production that was on telly. Did they do the uh, Anything Goes at the beginning? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's like the famous song from the movie. I hope to God I'm thinking of the right movie. (laughs) 
Well, the movie is, or the play, I think it was a play first, but it's like uh, a, a bunch of um, gay men at Queen a dinner party. celebrating some guy's birthday. Yeah, and one of them ends up being straight, and it like throws a monkey wrench into the whole yes. evening. I didn't mind. I, like, I'm a fan of plays simply for uh, I like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, if it can be sustained, then it's done well, in my opinion. How long has he been gone? Sorry. Why are you always now laughing? You've made, me, you've made me aware that I like I start chuckling during dramatic scenes. <laughs> there was a time when my mother would kill for her telephone. <laughs> I tried to get her one, but I couldn't find it. What a princess phone! No, it's one of those vintage, like you know, uh, it looks like uh, a cylinder with uh, two domes on the side. <laughs> Is the directed gay, Robert? I don't think so. Okay, I just I felt like a lot of it was uh, gay friendly, <laughs> and he did another movie called Wonder Women, which <laughs> reading the uh, plot of that seemed a bit. What type of person are you? <laughs> You still don't understand, do you, Andrews? I was alone. I'm a minor. I put my ass in some court and I'm going to be foster home from then on. I am not going to be put in some foster home or, or some institution or, or somebody else's home. I am going to stay right here until my father comes back for me. If you start laughing, I want to smack you right in your face. No, no, I wasn't laughing. I, I was sniffling out of out of sadness. No, I was actually wondering about the emancipation stuff. If if you're emancipated, does that mean you don't you can avoid foster homes and stuff? Yeah, but you have to get your parents and the court to agree. And her mother abandoned yeah, her yeah. and her father died, so she couldn't be emancipated. <laughs> there was an um there was an alternate ending. Um, yeah, I think it was shot because um, she he ends up adopting her. Oh, okay. And I think the the movie originally ended with her going to live with him. Yeah. Um, he's not in the second one, but his character is. Yeah, and she sees him as a father, as her father, because he he saved her essentially. Yeah, yeah. The mother never comes back. No, in the in these sequels, yeah. Um. No, I don't. I don't think so. 
I actually thought that what happens with him <laughs> became quite hilarious. I <laughs> chuckled through the hole. What are you saying uh, about? Uh, with um, the killer. What becomes of the killer? Oh, when he becomes a Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yes. a good disguise. <laughs> and also, I... I I kind of wish that they'd used better special effect sound effects for their feet because it all just sounds like high heel running. <laughs> are there are, are there Hari Krishna still around? Are they... Um, I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't know what they are. As in, um, uh, what type of religion they're attached to? If they were primarily American, or if they branched, you know, if they were part of the Tibetan monks or something. I, I don't know. guess. I, I think. I think so. I like um, at the end of Female Trouble when um, the daughter becomes a Hare Krishna. <laughs> I remember uh, just recently um, we've got. Do you have the show A Current Affair? Mm-hmm. They were doing some expose on some uh, monk who uh, was caught going to like these adult shops. <laughs> and I, I don't watch the show, but I thought that's one of the dumbest things to be doing an expose on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think. Um... I don't know what channel it's on, but I don't think it's anywhere near as popular as it used to be. It used to be very popular in the 90s. Yeah. It was, um... Which? Oh, no. I was going to say, um... Robert Stack, but that was, um... Unsolved Mysteries. That came back, too, for Netflix. Mm. Mm. We used to have that show and a similar show called The Extraordinary, which was, I think, sort of more inspired by the X-Files being on at the time. Mm. Which is about these, like, um, unknowable mysteries happen. I'm not oh, sure. Sh- found a religion. I, I was just going to say, I'm not sure I really understand what this scene was supposed to represent. It's, uh... Because he's turning to Hare Krishnaism, <laughs> she's, she's finding religion through Jesus. Well, she doesn't find religion. <laughs> it never comes back up. No. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess she was trying to find some direction and she thought, you know, maybe she would get some some spiritual. She'll pay for it. Yeah, she'll give him a doll. Um <laughs> If I give you this ten dollars, will you help me kill this guy? Yeah. They said that he, Roy Calhoun, really could shoot. Mm, like like that. isn't isn't he um his actual the actor is similar. Or, in role. Yeah, he played a lot of the cowboy 
Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see Motel Hell. Hmm. Is he in that? He is. Oh, okay. Was he the one to making them into meat? Yes. It was him and okay. Beulah Ballbricker. His sister? Huh? Or was it his wife? I think it was his wife. Yeah, yeah. She played Miss Ballbricker and, and Porky's. Okay. <laughs> a lot of the soundtrack just surrounds me a bit of Blondie. Well, it's only one song, but they just keep playing over and over. <laughs> and this is, yeah, this is kind of Blondie-esque. What I don't understand, though, speaking of getting to that gun, why did she... Bring it to school. Well, she was on her rags. I don't know. Well, it's they find it after, after this. So I guess she brought it in case Rick tried to fuck with her. Oh yeah, yeah. But why leave it in the locker? I know. I don't know. She's like Michael C. Hall in uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah, that was kind of... I don't know how... Not Michael. Anthony Michael Hall. Um, (laughs) He couldn't make a lamp. That was a mistake. He couldn't (laughs) make a lamp, so he was going to fucking shoot up the school? Like, what was that? I thought it was just going to kill himself. Oh, I don't know. That's not a movie that I really, like, watched a lot, as um, many children of the 80s do. Show us your whisker biscuit. Oh, that one looks like a total spaz in the fucking mm. passenger seat. Mm. That line definitely sound looped. He reminds me of somebody. Get out of the car. Um, the passenger. Yeah. He reminds me of someone who might have been in one of the Friday the 13th. Don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. Hey, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot me. Hey. Oh, 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 uh, but not with the not with the prostitutes. It's all with the high schoolers. Um, there's like two of the prostitutes. No, but like with the high schoolers, that you see full on bush. 
they those two girls that you just saw there one of them well who was like she clearly didn't want to do the nude scene because she was trying to cover them with her hair but you could tell that like she had those um that bikini uh tan line and like she had like the really really like almost glowing dark titties those were headlights (laughs) Oh God! When I first saw this scene, uh, this guy looked ancient. I thought it was another teacher. Why would they look in her locker? I don't understand that. Was it? <laughs> How would looking in her locker prove that she's a prostitute? Yeah, exactly. And again, why did she bring the gun to school? Yes. Oh my God. This scene breaks my heart. (laughs) The look on her face when she drops the money. Look at her face. She's using, using all of all of her days of our lives training there. <laughs> I consider this to be the point in the film where her worlds have collided. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the music. Mm. Well, it had to happen eventually. I don't understand why a nice Croatian boy like... Do you get the church giggles when you go to church with your mother? Do you sit there cackling at the priest? Sometimes. <laughs> Let's not talk about church at the moment. <laughs> Even though we're watching Angel... I've never even had a boyfriend. You know, I wake up every morning and I. I it seems like she's got a lot more hair. Yeah. I wonder if these scenes were shot first. And yeah, but why would they cut back? Uh, like, and being it's only a twenty-day shoot. Twenty-eight. Right. I don't know. I don't know, but it seems, it definitely seems like she's got a lot more hair. Mm. I mean, like, when you look at those little tiny pigtails, how yeah, could all yeah. that hair? It's just ties with whatever we had. Time goes by and comes to the point where. I've never really, like, I don't know how hair works on women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Nothing's a waste, kid. Nothing. I'm so ashamed. Because she doesn't have long hair. It's a, it's a lot. It's not long, but it's a lot. It's buffy, yeah. <laughs> Easy, kid. Easy. Mm. <laughs> I feel so bad. What have you done to your hair? <laughs> the orangutan's been sitting on your face all night. <laughs> the, the interaction between these two, I think, is really funny. Yeah. And, and I think it works better with her being a woman. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I, yeah, I don't think it would have been anywhere near as funny if it, if it was a man. But and especially I think it would, her. I think, it, because, I think if it was two gay men, it would be too cliche. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that she brings some much-needed comic relief when he's dying, because that mm. scene is rough. You don't expect May to die. No, and I still kind of was thinking he wouldn't when he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's a line that I want to say so many times when people say something that pissed me off but I what have to check line? myself when he accuses her of cheating and she says I fucking dare you you cunt <laughs> they cheat eat my puff Oh my god. <laughs> She's so fucking crazy in the best possible way. I think she has a great moment here too, the counselor. Yeah. But she gets her by the collar. Listen, fuck face. <laughs> well, it gives her another dimension. She looks familiar too. I don't know if I know her from something. Yeah. That's so, sort of what I was thinking when I saw her. The woman cannot answer the goddamn door because she can't get out of her goddamn bed. Is, Is that goddamn clear enough for you? <laughs> the key, then we won't have to inconvenience the woman then. Will we? I love how she's got eyebrows painted on, but her her mm. natural eyebrows are underneath. So she's mm. got four eyebrows. Better than the unibrow. That's true. Thank 
Thank you. There's some line in a, um, I think it's Night of the Creeps. It's like never trust a man with one eyebrow or something like that. <laughs> I think that was said in um, The Company of Wolves as well. Is that a precursor to the birdcage? Mm. Well, the Kajafo was was out before this. What was sorry? The Kajafo. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, was that before this? Yeah. I okay. I think that the play was in the seventies, and they made the movie in like the early eighties. Okay. Yeah. I think that whole thing was probably improvised. Yeah, yeah. He did do a bit of improvising. Um, yeah. Well, if he's got his own stage show, um, he'd be uh, educated in it. He would be a good um, improvisational actor. He improvised the whole, um, the whole uh, encounter with the killer. Oh, okay. The writer was talking about it on Blu-ray, and he said when he was watching the footage, he was saying to the director, oh, I love what he's doing. Make sure you keep all that in. <laughs> he was on the set, which is rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I guess if his friends were the director, because yeah. they, were they, they were co-writers. Yeah, and they, um, they met uh, in a coffee shop by happenstance, and mm-hmm. they realized that they graduated, well, that, yeah, they graduated from the same high school in Tucson. They were like a year apart. Yeah. And they became friends. The director had already written and, and directed um, some stuff. Stuff before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, the, uh, the, scre- the screenwriter was kind of just... Trying to cut his teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, I meant to mention before about uh, Donna Wilkes that uh, it says on IMDb that she's made a movie in 2021 that was in New Zealand called Buzzcut, hmm. which was a horror horror movie about bees, I think, or a beekeeper. Hmm. But then I wasn't sure, like, whether. <laughs> Because it just seemed a bit out of place, whether like it was an accidental um, someone with the same name or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's possible, uh, but I I could <laughs> see her doing small roles in micro budget films directed by people who like Angel and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know, because if it's shot in New Zealand, that would be, like, a studio-backed film. Yeah. Because she, she plays, like, a a deli shop owner or something like that. Like, it was a real nothing part, so that's what made me think, I wonder if this is even her. Yeah, it's probably not. 
I always wondered if um, Stephen King liked this movie and named the Annie Wilkes character Misery after her. No. It's possible! <laughs> it's no, no, I, I, I I've shot off a quick email now to ask him. It's possible. I mean, like, he he does watch a lot of horror and exploitation films. Yes. He loves the toolbox murders. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, I know he likes The Descent. You've seen that movie, haven't you? I have. I wasn't impressed with it. You weren't? Uh, yeah, but you... Because I, I feel like I remember having a conversation where I was saying I like the alien star movies as well, and you're like, nah, I tend to like the body count slashes. Yes, I'm not really fond of anything supernatural. I was glad that they did that where you didn't really see it. You just saw yeah. the thrusting of his arm under the sheet. Yeah. <sighs> I, uh... <laughs> See, I thought with him saying he's dying, he could have survived it. Mm. See, when she uses that word, it's distracting. So yeah. as much as I hate that word, I'm kind of glad that it's there. Because it, it like kind of alleviates the tension a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it shows their familiarity. Yeah, yeah. And then when she says, you gorgeous broad. <sighs> Oh, this is so sad. Now who's going to do my hair? Mm. I like that his last wish was for Angel not to see him like that. Mm. And she made sure that she didn't. God, listen to that sad, sad music. It's like boo-hoo. Uh. <laughs> She can't shop. <laughs> like those sales girls in Beverly Hills are on bigger horse than she is. You got me thinking of that movie earlier when you said they're both from Tucson. <laughs> I love it when you like throw a reference out and I could tell that you think I don't know what it is. And then I do. And I pick it up what I'm putting down. I'm picking that up. And I could tell you're always shocked. 
<laughs> this right here is too big. When she says, oh, for so she's got my gun. <laughs> and she's got that ridiculous outfit on. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who do you think? And <laughs> they've all got ridiculous outfits on. <laughs> and here's all the uh, reaction shots mm -hmm. to the gun. God, she just looks way too tanned. I think that's... <laughs> I just keep noticing it, like... Would you leave her alone? <laughs> She's got enough problems. Um, I was listening to this, um, this podcast that only does, um, exploitation, reviews for exploitation movies, but it's like, like really, really bad, cheesy stuff that you never heard of from the 70s. Yeah. And I don't remember what the movie was, but they were talking about how they it was so low budget that they couldn't get um they couldn't get permits to shoot on the street in uh las vegas and yeah. it was um like so just like guerrilla filmmaking that they were like driving by with the camera hanging out the back of a van and first People, you could see it in the movie apparently, but first people drop by shooting. But no, first, no, this was like the 70s, so that wasn't a problem. Yeah, yeah. But first, people were trying to like cover their faces, but then other people, you know, realized that they were being filmed and started acting like assholes and like jumping up and down yeah, and yeah. waving. It's like, hey, <laughs> like those news, newscasters when they got people in the background. Yeah, hi, Bob. That's a thing with um here with um uh Howard Stern. You get uh Baba Booey on the air. Baba Booey. Yeah. That's what what's, um what's Baba Booey? That's what Howard calls Gary Delabate, his um producer. And it it came from um, it was like in the early 90s there was they were on air and Gary had just gotten back from like a comic book store or something and he had gotten all these I think it, I think it was a comic book and he got he had gotten like either lithographs or um, what are those things called um, for animation where it's like, um, um, fuck. The cell? A cell, yes. Yeah. I think, I think he had gotten some cells, um, and he was going through all the characters, and one of them was Baba Louie, but he called him yeah. Baba Booey. And Howard kept saying, what, what's the name again? 
and he kept saying Baba Booey. Um, so yeah, th- and that was 30 years ago, and yeah, he's yeah. still saying just, it. They're still running with it. Yeah, and um, yeah, like in uh, it's especially prominent in uh, golf tournaments because it's so quiet. But there will be somebody yeah. in the background inevitably going Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> Just shit with the gun. <laughs> no, he had the wrong ones. No, she is. Oh, that gun! That gun! Like she's barely able to stand when she because mm, that mm. kickback is so fucking strong. You can tell. So she must have really been firing blanks. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that like her, her shoes. It sounds like when you're knocking two jacks together. It's like you pick on the smallest, most insignificant <laughs> little things. The third one is particularly bad because um. Molly discovers she's a sister. And her sister has been sold into white slavery. Oh. Mitzi capture plays her and there's... Oh my god. There's some really painful moments where she's trying to be dramatic. Um... (laughs) With the with the girl who's supposed to be your sister. And they did away with the side by side poster art. Yes, I saw that. And then brought it back for number four. For four, yeah. There's two different there's two different VHS covers for part three that I saw. One I remember one of them has um Mitzi Caps, you're holding a gun and there's like an explosion or something behind her. And there's another really, really bad one where it's her. I think it's her in a red dress or the girl with who's the sister in a red dress. And they're posing like like they're kind of like entangled and it looks like a pop record or something. It's really like cheesy. Tattoo or something. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking, you know, more 80s. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Russia in the 90s, so that's 80s. You hear him, his only line in the movie? Hmm. Were you impressed by the line? Was I impressed? Well, it's it's a, it's a nothing line. Like... <laughs> It doesn't really give much. Um. Well, I think that when he was saying it hurts, <clears throat> he wasn't talking about the gunshot. Yeah. I think that Life was. Life on the streets. <laughs> you know, a buildup of 
trauma. Yeah. Oh, this. Doing a shout out to REM. This song is so bad. It's so cheesy, and it doesn't <laughs> go with the movie. It's fun. Uh. Yeah, the the lines don't really. So that was Angel. Yes, that was enjoyable all over again. What did you just watch it a half hour ago? No, I watched it the other day. think if I if they this was a single or if I made that up in my head <laughs> it isn't blondie though is it no no I didn't think so <laughs> no but at school she was wearing a blondie badge and, and another band no I would That that's no she doesn't sound anywhere Debbie Harry's voice is a little more distinctive. Yeah. This girl is a little too generic. Yes. But there's like a bit of a... um, A Go-Go's feel to it, too. Yes, yeah. Oh, the Allies. Yeah, so I think it was the other band name that she had in her... She was wearing two badges at school. Hmm. Well, so I guess they were a real band? I don't know. Yeah. Were they? Well, I assume so. Oh. Well, you sounded too, a little too confident I mean, there. No, I was reading the, uh, the soundtrack on the back of the film. It was made in 1983. This was oh. a really big hit for um, New World. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a hit in the VHS market. No, theatrically. Oh, yeah, I uh, did well. was reading that it was, didn't do that well, but a lot better in on video. Mm-hmm. But that's what sort of brought about the, the sequels. Well, no, because Avenging Angel came out a, a year later. Okay. So, no, I think it did do well um, theatrically. And especially, f- oh, especially for a movie that um, the budget was like a million dollars. It might have even been less than yeah. that. Did they get um, permits for the sequels <laughs> to do filming on the streets? Probably not. <laughs> well, maybe they did because it was in, <laughs> it was an eight week shoot, so they probably had more money. Yep, yep. Because they were paying the actresses. They were actually less paying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Betsy Russell was just anxious to get whatever. Yes, I thought it was so weird when she turned up in the Saw movies. 
Oh, was she in? I don't know if she was in more than one of them, but she was like a detective. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, that's really Molly from Avenging Angel and the lead girl from Cheerleader <laughs> Camp, and she's in Saw. This is, and um, the guy who played the boyfriend in Prom Night Two is in. I think one of them, and he plays a detective as well. Okay. So they were dipping into the 80s horror. Yes. Wasn't there a, like a French porn actor in one of them as well? Or a porn actor? In Saw? Yeah. Like maybe Saw 2 or 3. Oh, oh no. Okay. Um, Would you like me to look up to see? Um, and, and what am I supposed to do? A dirty monkey dance for the audience <laughs> while you are researching these things? You can be a cheeky monkey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll sing. No, I'm not going to do it. Was it Francois Sagat? No. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to log into it. It was something that I heard, but I can't be bothered to. <laughs> <laughs> to yay or nay well i couldn't even tell you um yeah. there was a hardcore parody of saw oh, i'm sure there was was it called oh. saw triple x porn parody or was it called something else saw a hardcore parody oh and who is in that it's got ron jeremy Ugh. Saren Demar, James Bartholot, Bartholot. It's Tommy Pistol. Butler. <laughs> Tommy and David Lord. Tommy Pistol is a lot in a lot of those um porn parodies. Yeah. Um, you ever seen the cover of the porn parody of um the Karate Kid? The Bukaki Kid. No. Mm. Yeah, but he's on the cover and he looks really, really cute. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any porn parodies. Um, I think the only thing that came close is I was at a 21st birthday party where they put on some porn movies. I do not know why. Um, And it was one with, uh, I think, Jenna Jameson, and she was in some courtroom scene and did it with the bailiff. Anyway. I tried to watch the Breakfast Club porn parody, but it was so <laughs> gross. Yeah. Pl- the guys had like wigs on and shit to look 80s and they're really bad. Um, yeah. What would you make a porn parody of? Um, I don't know, but there is a. <laughs> I remember there was a porn parody of Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Like, oh God. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was called Brittany and Tiffany's High School Reunion. Yeah. And it yeah. came out like around the same time. This was like when the porn parodies were just like really, you know, yeah, shitty. They were like, no, not even like getting started. Oh, okay. But they were doing, because they were doing porn parodies for years. But yeah, they didn't, they weren't anywhere near as sophisticated um 
until like 10 or so years ago because you know like they'd lost their class <laughs> no because like they, <laughs> they were now like <laughs> they actually tried to they gave porn a bad name <laughs> but they actually tried to make um the sets look like that which they were parodying yeah. and um I tried to watch the Big Bang Theory porn parody oh, and it starts out like the right in the opening shot. Like it literally begins with um, Penny blowing Leonard. And I was like, oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> um, Did you watch the Seinfeld parody? Yeah, I watched some of it until it got a little too weird. Oh, God. Um, yeah, because the girl who was playing Elaine when she was getting fucking plowed by James Dean, she was saying, she said, and I don't think it was scripted, but she kept saying, I'm yours. I'm yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was so weird. Yeah. You'd rather she said, yada, yada, yada. I'd rather she just shut the fuck up and let me look at James <laughs> Dean. You should have. Turn the uh, um, the pitch down so it sounded like a guy. But then there was vagina. Have you ever seen any Buck Angel? No, and I don't want to. Thank you. Okay, no, just just wondering. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is which is another. Movie where we finished up talking about like porn and vibrators. <laughs> we did. That was the crush. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So I was saying all she needed was a. She needed a vibrator. simulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it got all technical and I was talking like I was a doctor and shit. <laughs> Dr. Ruth. Um, Dr. Love. Dr. Love. No, I just wanted to see. Um, well, I obviously I wanted to see how close the set was to Seinfeld because, um, you know, it was my it's my favorite sitcom, and yeah. you know James Dean naked bonus. <laughs> they were trying to I know uh, a lot of gay porn companies for years were trying to get him to do stuff. But he kept turning it down. Even solos, he wouldn't do. Oh, okay. Or maybe it's, or maybe he wants too much money because he's 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 up there, rank, pretty high ranking in in porn. Yeah. So does he spell his name differently than the other James? D E E N. Oh, okay. And you know what's weird? His real name is Brian Sevilla. Um, okay. B-R-Y-A-N. And there yeah. is a... I don't even know if he's a star. I've only, I only seen him in a few videos. But there's a gay porn actor, performer, named Brian Davila. With a Brian okay. with a Y. Yeah, yeah. There are no accidents. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So we should put a lid on this one. Do you have any final thoughts about Angel? Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, having said that, I do know that that was RuPaul, by the way. I just wasn't going to (laughs) indulge you. Fine. (laughs) Um, So we're gonna put it. We're gonna put another, another, uh, another bow on this one. So notch on the bed. mm -hmm. That's right. So I'm going to say thank you to Tony for joining me again. It was and thank you for having me. Fun as always. I want to say thank you to everybody listening. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.